I'm Nels Anderson. And I'm Jesse Turner. I'm Lee Alexander. And welcome to Terminal 7. So, we're back. This is, oh shit, we didn't even look. Episode 36? I want to say 36. I'm pretty sure it's 36. It's been a while. Yep. Uh, folks, you know it's been a while. Um... We've been very uh, busy in our in our normal day to day making video games lives. Yeah, that's that's true. Else, <laughs> Jesse was down at PAX showing off his sweet game Viking Squad. Apparently, it went really well. I think it went really well. We did you meet me Terminal Seven listeners at PAX? I did. I did. I met a couple, and uh, Jess was down there. Our good friend Jess. Oh man, um, he was down there, and also we also we even met uh, Jaffer and his crew outside of Korean barbecue. We that's ran into awesome. some FFG guys, which was very cool, and they said they like the show a lot, and they're pretty excited. Yeah. Um, and of course, the other reason why we were slightly late is because we have been trying very hard to make sure that we did not discuss old Hollywood without our very good friend and NBN's executive vice president of media relations, Miss Lee Alexander. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Lee. How are you? How is everybody doing? Enjoying the targeted products and services specifically for your needs? I could not imagine being more targeted. I feel, I feel I feel very targeted all the time. In fact, yay! Well, that that's what we like to hear. <laughs> um, but yes, we we we've had you on the on the podcast before, but obviously that was that was a while back. And yeah. because it's been a while, maybe we pick up some new listeners. Lee, do you just want to tell folks a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why we're why you're talking us talking to us about Netrunner here today? Well, sure. I am a video game critic, and I've been a video game critic for eight years now. Currently, I run a website called Offworld.com, which is for kind of alternative games culture, uh, things that are low cost and simple and made with unconventional aesthetics or with political purpose. Um, So... I couldn't really be farther from the LCG world, um, but my <laughs> I don't know. But my partner got me into Internet Runner. I sort of dared him to teach it to me because I looked at it and I was like, "This is so dorky, and I will never understand it." Uh, I, I dare you to teach it to me, and I turns out I got really, really into it. Um, <laughs> like really really persistently enjoyed learning it. I really got drawn into the lore and the universe, and my partner, Quinns, and I wrote an article together for Shut Up and Sit Down about uh, some of my process uh, for learning the game. Because one of the things I really like about Netrunner is it's a game that you're allowed to be terrible at, and unlike in the world of video games, nobody is going to necessarily humiliate you for you know not being up to speed completely or not having the sharpest skills. It's, I think it's a... It's a different kind of scene around Netrunner that I, I tend to find really positive. So, you know, I've enjoyed learning and participating in tournaments. And, um, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not a super skilled player, but, you know, I, I, I've placed before and I like to play with my friends. And um, I think a lot of people write to me and tell me that my piece was helpful to them in knowing that they could participate in something less than perfectly and it would be okay. And yeah. I, mean, I mean, to yeah. give a shout out, that, the, the bit, that the, the piece that you and Quinn's wrote. With illustrations can... by Jesse, by the yes! way. Yes! Not, not, to, not to, <laughs> oh, too yeah. much of our own Terminal 7 horn, but Jesse did illustrate <laughs> it and it is fantastic. Uh, people can probably find it just by going to searching for Shut Up and Sit Down, Netrunner. Um, yeah, it's called Life Hacks, A Netrunner Story. There we go. And, but it is still one of my favorite pieces of writing about the entire oh. game and about maybe about learning any game generally ever. Um, it's Thank awesome. You. If folks haven't Thank read you. it, they, they absolutely should go check it out. Um, I will do my best to remember to put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Um, but, Lee, we also invited you on this episode specifically because you've kind of said from the beginning, 
you've always been particularly interested in the NBN Corporation. <laughs> I love NBN. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, I love the lore around it. I love it canonically, and I like how it plays because, I mean, the boring and pragmatic reason is that I struggle to calculate and add small numbers together. I have, like, a mild dyscalculia. And, you know, I don't have to worry about having that much ice with NBN. I'm doing other things. You know, like, I don't have to worry about having like a giant scoring remote and having to do the calculations about whether the runner can get in because NBN doesn't play that way, usually. <laughs> I mean, I don't play it that way. <laughs> really, if, if the runner has 19 tags or 23 tags, I mean, what's the difference, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> right. No, I mean, you joke, but when you're when you're corping NBN, there's definitely, you can fudge the numbers. You, you only need an idea. And I don't think that's true for the other corporations. Um, no. So it, it makes it fun for me. And... It's just so playful. It's, you know, it's this information services company, but it's really evil. <laughs> and, like, you know, they provide entertainment and they have, like, you know, children's license products and uh, films that everyone can enjoy. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I'm known for the fact that I fantasize about Jackson Howard and his sincere, n- not like fantasizing. Movie, but I, mean, <laughs> I imagine um, a lot about what his, I, I imagine him to actually have an earnest and sincere approach to edutainment. And, um, I actually yeah, think I mean, so. I will, I'll, I'll, I'll chew my friend's ears off with my Netrunner fanfics all the time. So, um, yes. But yeah, I'm super into NBN, um, and I will try a whole bunch of different runners to varying degrees of success, but I usually, I enjoy that I know this particular corp so well that I can just sort of iterate and innovate within within NBN. Um, I can play really janky, uh, so like, my NEH was never a normal NEH, and so I could surprise people. Um, so it's fun to know something really, really well. Um, and so yeah, the one thing that I am good at is certain kinds of NBN decks, and and. The rest of Netrunner I'm terrible at. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's something to be said for specialization. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then I try different runners all the time because I never seem to be able to win with any of them. <laughs> Just terrible at it. Yeah, but, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of in a weird spot with runners right now, too, actually. I don't I don't know what I'm really into. Otherwise. I think, I think a lot of people that I've spoken to feel that way. Like, when all these new data packs started coming out, I think a lot of my friends were saying that they... They were frustrated because they felt stuck and they couldn't come up with anything new. And now there's so much new stuff, like, I feel a bit overwhelmed by it at the moment. And and I don't know, maybe that's something we can talk about later. When you get overwhelmed and when you fall behind your meta or the rest of your friends and you don't feel up to date, because I think that's got to be an experience that all but a rarefied few of us have with Netrunner. Um, Even people who love it enough to listen to Terminal 7 probably occasionally haven't played some games in a while or don't know what cards are coming out or everyone is talking about the spoilers but you haven't seen them yet type thing. (laughs) Right. Well, that's even even a little bit tricky, especially right now, because some folks... May have had some friends go to Gen Con and pick up yeah. the whole Dead and Destiny box well ahead of some the rest of us. Some of us are corping sync decks, and you wanted to talk about Harpsichord, and I don't, I di- haven't had time to play Harpsichord. It's because so yesterday. It's, it fe- honestly, it fe- well, it also feels kind of nerfed or whatever, whatever the opposite <laughs> of nerfed is. Um, yeah, but yeah, no. So I don't. We were talking about this before we got on the call. Some of our friends have new cards and some of others of us don't and I don't I have to sit in front of uh, in front of you guys with my ultra pro binder full of sleeved Netrunner cards in front of me because I can't remember which ones uh, are from which data pack and so luckily someone 
not me, has put them in a nice order so that I can I can access them and, and, and figure out which ones we're talking about. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, so as, as is always the case on the cast uh, when we're talking about it, we generally restrict the discussion to cards that are currently available right now. Cool. So currently, this old Hollywood is what's out and what we're going to talk about. There, these cards may have tons of cool synergies with stuff in Data and Destiny, but... But I won't say anything about it, I promise. That's right. <laughs> for, for our intention, because I at least have almost no idea what's in Data and Destiny, we're just going to restrict things down to... to oh, so you're, go, you're going toward Data and Destiny, like, spoiler-free? Ish, ish. I mean, I know what all the IDs are. Right. Yeah. Uh, but some of the, the details of, like, what each new asset does or whatever, I'm, I'm staying, like, a little bit more... A little bit more relaxed, probably just for my own cognitive sanity than anything else. So that you don't get too frustrated. Do you commonly you commonly look at spoilers when they come out because sometimes I'm torn about it. I'm like, am I just going to get really confused and overwhelmed if I see these? I, it, you know, because I like to sometimes wait to see when things are being implemented versus, you know, I have trouble contextualizing them ahead of time sometimes. But Quinn's loves to read read the spoilers. They were we we went clubbing on Saturday and my friends uh, were reading. Netrunner spoilers in, in the club, so. <laughs> I mean, potentially the first time in human history that that has happened. <laughs> I know. Kind of, and I made a tweet about it, and I'm sure everyone thought I was joking, but if you saw that tweet, no, they were really reading Netrunner spoilers in the club. Oh, man, good, good. I hope someone had a, had, a, had an extra wild side in their pocket. Yeah. That Maybe. <laughs> it kind of, kind of would have been apt. <laughs> no, I mean, look, kind of my, my take on the spoilers is just like, one, I just like enjoying playing the game we have now and like spending too much like I don't have enough mental bandwidth to do any of the stuff I want to do let alone think about the game of Netrunner we're going to be playing like two months from now like yeah, I've, I, I basically have enough brain time to spend on Netrunner to think about the game we can play today and that's about it <laughs> totally agreed you you read the spoilers generally though yeah, right, Jesse yeah I do I uh, I, I kind of like lightly uh, lightly attack them and yeah. that's and and de- but, I, but I definitely don't I, like I'm, I'm like you. I think that FFG releases these cards in a specific order for our own benefit. Yeah. And filling your head with a bunch of cards you you might not even see for the next two months, like you're saying, isn't too helpful in <laughs> developing a, some some good moves and some good plays. Yeah. Um, but speaking of new cards, yeah. let's talk about old Hollywood. Old Hollywood. We mentioned it. Yay. The most. No- the of course we grabbed Lee specifically for this cast yeah. because. This was, it's kind of like each data pack in this cycle has kind of given one faction more attention than any of the others. Definitely. And is it certainly the case that Old Hollywood was the one that gave NBN a ton of new stuff? They have, what, like six new cards in here or yeah. something like that? Um, totally deserved, well-deserved. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well-deserved cards for NBN. Well, no, to be fair, though, I think, I think, like, my NEH decks... And, and those of everyone I know were basically just not working anymore because we had no ability to get economically ahead of the runner, which is just... I could never stick mid-seasons anymore, which oh. basically ruined everything I was doing with NEH. Right. Um, and, and I know that they're not everybody does it that way, but I think that runners got... You know, runners had too many things to use against traditional fast advanced decks and, and tag punishment in that way. So, yeah, like, I... I was like, one of, that's one of the reasons I stopped playing for a while. My decks just weren't working anymore. So I was excited that there would be some new things. Yeah, and here there definitely are. Um, I mean, the most notable thing, of course, is the, is the new identity. Yeah. As yeah. we mentioned briefly by name earlier, Harpsichord Studios. So, Jesse, what, is, what does Harpsichord Studios do? I'm going to read the card right here so I don't do screw it. it up. All right, Harpsichord Studios Entertainment Unleashed, which is, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <clears throat> that's, that's what you do with entertainment. You just you unleash, unleash it. it. 
<laughs> you guys should make that your uh, Terminal 7 slogan. <laughs> yeah, we should totally just jack Podcasting Unleashed. <laughs> That's a great idea. All well, right. because, you know, our other Netrunner source is um, Team Covenant, and they used to have the slogan Gaming Reborn. Yep. So it could be Team Covenant Gaming Reborn and Terminal 7 Entertainment Unleashed. <laughs> there we go. Wow, that sounds really good. All right, <laughs> all right sorry, go ahead. Amusement no, no, no Unshackled, perhaps. <laughs> oh, man. Let's just use all of them, and then we'll let That's people That's right. Play. All right, so, we, so it's, it's a 45-15 from our good friends at NBN, and it's the runner cannot steal more than one agenda each turn. Flavor text is home of your imagination. So that seems, on its surface, it seems interesting, but like relatively straightforward, kind of, right? Yeah. In that like, okay, well, I mean, how many times does the runner steal more than one agenda per turn? Like a well, few, but not a ton. Right. But then you realize you're like, oh, except... Now I can start engineering a bunch of situations where the runner, uh, uh, he would like to be able to steal multiple agendas this turn, but he cannot, or she, and therefore just has to pick one. Um, I immediately experienced a sense of security uh, when I saw that because one of the things I would try to do is like sneak Astros out uh, uniced and... uh, that like so sometimes I'd have two agendas on the table at once with no ice on either of them just and no one sometimes people don't run them because that's such an absurd thing for the corporation to do right mm-hmm. um, but when they would I would rather that they hit like the TGTBT and then be unable to steal the Astro script like that that would be something that I would hope for and then also R&D digs are the death of me so I was like oh that would be cool if they can't plow through archives or they can't you know go through R&D and yeah like I thought I thought that was the main thing that made me happy about that. Yeah, it's definitely the case that, like, you, you while you still worry about it a bit, you, you don't have to be, like, game-endingly terrified yeah. about, like, right. the medium dig where noise can, like, put seven counters on it in over two turns or whatever. You're like, well, you're going to get one card a turn, and I still might be able to win in between those other two turns, so deal with it. And have you, have you guys seen um, the craziness that the shutdown decks with this card? Oh, yeah, that's quite a thing. Okay, so they, the NBN will just trash everything into the archives. Using and, power shutdown. Mm-hmm. Using power shutdown. Yeah. Leave, leave, leave the, 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 the only cards they need left or whatever. They'll jackson them back in. But basically, yeah. hitting the runner has to hit your archives like four or five times to, to, to win the game. Yeah. And every time he's hitting your archives, he's getting tags from DGDPT. He's getting... Uh, he's getting... Uh, you're getting money from Explodapalooza. Yeah, I mean, you're getting money from Explodapalooza. You're getting all these crazy accesses, just, and they're just slowly getting cards out of the uh, <laughs> the archives, which is another crazy <laughs> thing that this ID can do. Yeah. I mean, that, so yeah, that is fun. That's the important thing to note, is that like, even though the runner can't steal more than one agenda per turn, they can certainly access more than one, which means that right. any agendas that have abilities that trigger on access, like DGTBT, which gives the runner a tag, or a couple other ones that we're about to talk about in a second, mm-hmm. those right. abilities all still fire. Over and over yeah. and yeah. over which, again. Which means not only does Harper's Accord keep their agendas safe, but they're able to use those kind of punishing on access agendas even more aggressively, if yeah. you will, which I think makes yeah. this a really cool setup. Mm. Yeah, I was actually, at the time that they announced it, I was doing a lot of um, archive-focused runner decks, like focusing on, like just doing a lot of keyhole things or like eater eater decks where I throw a lot of things away and then Utopia Fragment, or is it Utopia Shard or Utopia Fragment? Hades. Hades, that's right, the the Hades one. Yeah. <laughs> that one. Yeah. Uh, and then doing that when I had bet that I had gotten enough. Yeah. <laughs> so Which that is... would not have worked with it. It just killed an entire strategy that I had. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, it's cool. It's definitely, I have not played with this much, but it definitely 
opens up a bunch of possibilities that, I mean, didn't really exist with NBN before, but mm. don't really exist in any other factions at all either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, kind of maybe you were like, oh, Jinteki's going to do some damage to you, so you don't want to steal too many agendas at once. Right. Maybe, but this one definitely, like, has a whole other avenue of play, which is really cool. Yeah, and, 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 and so the flavor of this is, like, what? Like, you just keep giving them more publicity? Like, you keep, oh, like, Exploded Palooza again. Oh, and this thing happened again, and this thing happened again. Like, they're just giving NBN more power through I exposing, I guess? I'm not too sure. Yeah. That they're able to, they're able to to spin any kind of like, you know, bring in the hits. Yeah, yeah. kind of like for another. Yeah, any yeah. kind of like secrets that the runners are revealing. They're just they just spin that into like a cool story. So it's like, no, look, there's doing this thing, and they're like, yeah, whatever, it's cool. It's, we're, 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 they just own, they just own any of their secrets that get revealed. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Just never see any of our hot new exciting releases coming. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you won't believe the surprises this summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of, one of the new agendas that also came in Old Hollywood is award bait. Right. And it, yeah. it is... So, Lee, why don't, why don't you tell us what award bait does? So, um, when you access it, um, the corp can place two advancement tokens on any advanceable card. Um, it's a 3-1, and, uh, yeah... And that's from no matter where they steal it from, right? Correct. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Or access it from. Yeah. Is that so, correct? Yeah. Yes. Right, so right. It's, it's, yeah, it's on access. So, yeah, uh, the two new agendas that are in this pack are both have this on access ability, yep. which is very much meant to synergize with Harpsichord. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh, oh, right. So they don't even get to steal it. So if they bump, even if they bump into it, if they've already stolen an agenda, you can yep. do that. Yep. Um, my, my main, thing, I've always wanted to have, and I've n- never been able to make it work, an NBN with traps in it. Um, <laughs> and mm. I've just never, because I, I don't build that, you know, you can't, you'll never build that many, you know, valuable servers as well as you, you don't tend to have credits to waste on things that don't fire. Right. Um, but I was like, you know, that was what I thought of when I saw this. Like, wouldn't it be funny if for once I had cards sitting on the table for a long time with tokens on them? Like, I've never had that. Like, they, right. they're usually... You never see an NBN deck where there's tokens sitting on things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'd like to do that. Um, but yeah, that, that could be a start for that. But... Um, I have a friend who actually uses it to score things, but I forget how he told me he does it. I mean, I guess if you could certainly use something like, and this is just interesting synergy with um, Harvest Core generally, is the Jinteki piece of ice, Kitsune, yeah. which is when you were, it's a trap, so it's generally hard to get around without an AI breaker. And it's generally in Jinteki. Yeah, it's generally in Jinteki. Uh, but you can certainly put it in Harpsichord. When it gets triggered, its ability is just you force the runner to access one of your cards from HQ and then you trash Kitsune. Which means that if you're sitting on an award bait and then you've got some much nicer, juicier agenda sitting behind that Kitsune, you res a Kitsune, be like, oh, here's your award bait. I'm putting two tokens on this thing that you're about to access. Oh, wow. And then they can't do anything about it. They've already stolen their agenda for the once return, so... It's unstealable out of Harpsichord, and you're just like, well, okay, that's now going to be five points out of Beal the next, my next turn. Or, sorry, right. five advances for three points yep. off of Beal, which is uh, very nice. Great, great value for that access, for sure. Yeah, and, but I wonder, too, that there might be, if you were trying to pack other stuff that gets better with advancement tokens, things like, I don't know, Thomas Haas or right. something. <laughs> just ways to keep, like, make sure you always have somewhere really nice to put those two tokens. Because that's the bummer, right? When it's like someone accesses this and you literally have no advanceable cards on the table and you're like, oh, well, I guess just take my agenda. Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. It feels like it might be pretty tricky to play it outside of Harpsichord. Right. But, but again, that's always part of the fun. Yeah. Is is 
hiding these crazy combinations outside of faction. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't hadn't even thought of that. Um, the next agenda mm-hmm. also has a very cool on accessibility. This one is Explode Blueza. <laughs> uh, some kind of gross summer infinite effects sensi, I guess. Yep. Uh, it's a four two, and then. Just like award bait, um, when their runner accesses it from R&D, they must reveal it. So anytime the runner touches this card, they I gotta show you that they accessed it. And when the runner accesses Explode Palooza, you gain five credits. Is it you may gain? No, you. Oh yeah, you may gain five credits. Yeah, I guess if for some guess reason, for some reason you were about you're about to, to be, be siphoned or something, and you, you might not want it. Sure, you sure. want to make sure they don't. Yeah, but. <laughs> You'll usually take the money. That's right. <laughs> and so, Lee, this card must be awesome for you because it's the super mid-seasons card, as far as I'm concerned. I've been, like, hammered by this card from mid-seasons yeah. really, really badly. You know, I, I don't love it, honestly. Um, really? It's Yeah, because, so, it's, first of all, I don't like giving away twos. and Two pointers, I, okay, I'm, fair. Yeah, and I've had other other ways to make that money now without actually giving them agenda points. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, and again, like ideally, again with Harpsichord, you don't want them to be stealing it when they access it. But I doubt my own ability to actually control that access. Sure. Um, you know what I mean? Like the, the Kitsune idea is cool, but like, how am I actually going to protect protect the agendas that I'm going to score with? Like, I'm not I'm not doing any um I'm not doing meat damage right now anymore. I'm just trying to score agendas in fun ways. And this would be this would be too tough to push through for me, I think. Ah, uh, um, yeah. If, if you're not basically looking to immediately turn like this these five credits into a meat damage kill, then just kind of actually ha- having five credits to spend on other cool stuff is definitely less um, less nice than say like something like it because it feels like the kind of the decks the agenda deck space that this thing occupies is either this guy or an APD contract. Yeah, right? yeah. Because they kind of do sort of a yeah. similar thing in that like when stolen. It puts a big old credit credit swing onto you know in, into into play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like with Explorer Palooza is nicer for the meat damage setup because like five credits, slightly more one than the four to steal from yeah. NAPD. You can't you know you can't cheat to steal this with like bad pub or right. stim hack credits or whatever. It just means five credits go in the Corpus bank account. That's it. And then yeah, it, it is a bit more reliable than an APD. Yeah, and and yeah, if if they are in that big credit swing situation with this, the runner has to steal it anyway. Unlike an APD, you're be like, oh god, the corp has so many credits, they're gonna midseason me. Uh, I'll just leave the NAPD there. Right. Um, it feels like yeah, in that in that medium and setup, this guy is can do a lot of good work. Yeah. But outside of that, you're it is a little bit trickier. There's some ice that I've been able to get money from lately too, but um, yeah, um, I'm just making sure that they're in the right one. Like yeah, it's um. I don't remember, but there's there's other ways that I've tried to get ahead of the economy for mid seasons, um, right. and I don't I don't like suddenly rezzing and using a melange before it goes away, um, and things like that. But yeah, this this one would make me nervous. I think in general, when I'm playing, I want to feel like there's only very few agendas that I care about losing that I really wince about, and and mm. I think having to having to think of them as part of my like the way that other the way that like. For example, like Wayland plays where they're prepared to do all this retaliatory like meat damage for things that you steal. I can't. I I'm not really capable of thinking that way. Mm. I I like, for example, you know, I like feeling safe. Whether that's because I know I can put mid seasons on the table, or because I know that like you'll get a tag from stealing that one point or that um one point. You know, like the TGTBT or whatever. And um, 
Yeah, I just don't think that I could get this to work. Not, not to say that your ideas for it don't sound awesome, but it just it doesn't necessarily work with the way that I think about it. It's not your flavor? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not my flavor. Totally makes sense. I'm just usually a broke anarch stumbling into an explodapalooza. Right. <laughs> I, then I expose to the world they're making this awesome movie, and then my house explodes, which I think should be really obvious to everyone. They, they're, they're just, they just cover that up as like, oh, that's just effect shooting yeah, yeah. for explodapalooza 2. That's right, that's right. <laughs> that wasn't actually a city block with this guy that getting blown up. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, well, that was the two new agendas. Yeah. We yeah. also have a new NBN asset. What's this one, knows? Early premiere. Uh, it kind of has sort of a similar effect. Yeah. So it's a um, zero res costs, uh, two trash, three influence asset, and it says, when your turn begins, you may pay one credit. If you do, place one advancement token on a card that can be advanced in a server. So you can't use this. To on ice or something. On ice. Right. Uh, but certainly stuff in, an, in a server you absolutely can. And it feels like it kind of gives you one more click per turn, yeah. but you can only use that click for advancing a card. Right. Um, but it is mo- going more with our, oh, maybe now that there is this harpsichord ID, you can actually advance things and not have to score them in the same turn, which is exactly. yeah, that's right. <laughs> new for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's trying to trying to encourage us to try to play in new ways. Yeah, uh, or and it, it also enables scoring for twos, yep. even if they've been face down on the table, which is doubly appealing for harpsichord, right? Because yep. that's maybe a, maybe a not bad way to score things like Explodapalooza or character assassination or whatever. Because otherwise, you kind of have to, you know, be uh, at least tipping your hand a little bit on the fact that you're needing to. Ad- advance those things or put them down naked and the next turn spend like a bunch of extra credits to try to cheese it out through you know a biotic labor or something and with this this card this card is huge for breaking news which breaking news remains the ah. mvp of any mvp any nbn deck i have breaking news is my hero really like, even though you're yeah. even though you're not focusing on meat damage Exactly. Well, because I like trashing resources now. Ah, so she's still she's yeah. still trashing stuff. That's true. <laughs> it's just not your body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm interested in all all in other things that I can I can do with tags right now. I'm I'm, I'm playing with psychographics without mid seasons. Um, now oh. and and I've put Big Brother back in my deck. So that, oh, that's cool. Really? <laughs> yeah, I tried a combo taking bre- sneaking out breaking news and turning the two temporary tags into real ones. Interesting. Um, which is. Yeah, so the early premiere can make a huge difference because sometimes you do have to. Breaking news is the one situation where I will put one token on, and they'll they won't run it because they'll go, "What the heck are you doing?" <laughs> like, right. you know? Or you're trying to um, lure me into yeah. uh, an NAPD or an Explodapalooza. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, N- nobody will run on a card that's been advanced once out of NBN, and I that's why I think this like early premiere and award bait are cool because they sort of change up that conventional dynamic a little bit. But breaking news is so huge, especially if you. You know, and and they still ha- they are still gonna clear tags even if you're not running meat damage. They don't know that, <laughs> like, right? Yeah, you know, it's a good way to slow the runner down. And I think I think this could be huge with that. Yeah, or you you or they once you start pulling those shenanigans, they think, oh god, okay, now I got to worry about meat damage. So they waste a bunch mm. of time and really slow down trying to find that plastic. Yeah, or whatever. Said, yeah, and they that, that is vote. when you can sneak through your agendas that are sitting there that they don't know are agendas. Right. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, mine is, I guess, um, because I'm not really good at, at controlling special combinations, I I try, to, I try to control the other player a little bit. I try to learn about what I think they are most likely to do and do something else. Um, so in a way, like, 
because I know how good players play, and I'm not one, I can, I can, make, I, I can, I can make them stumble into little little holes because I'm like, oh, because you're smart, you're going to think I'm doing this. But I'm not because I'm, I'm not smart. Right. <laughs> oh, but are you not smart or are you just even I'm, smarter? I'm, yeah. Even more smart. <laughs> yeah, like, for example, here's, here's a weird piece of lore. If you have two naked remotes, they will run the, what, what was it? They'll always run the outside one, but never the inside one. Really? Um, yeah. I Usually when I want, like, I'll sneak out the Astro, I'll put it next to HQ, and then only when I put a, thir- a second remote down next to it do they run. Huh. Um, yeah, so if you, le- if you put a card down next to HQ and you don't touch it in your first turn, they will probably not run it. Um, I think the chances for me are pretty low. I generally feel safe doing that earlier in, early in the game. You feel safe <laughs> naked astroscripting beside your HQ, as long as it's... Yeah! <laughs> that's pretty yeah, great. In the beginning that's of, that's yes, boldness yes. right there. I like it. I feel pretty safe. Being yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, They they if you just do that and you don't appear particularly bothered about it, they will probably build like try to build their rig in the first turn and not go for that one. I mean, um, But when you have two remotes out, they will run, and they will start with the outside. Um, huh. That oh yeah that that is a thing that I know to be true more often than not. Um, and now of course that I'm saying that everyone's gonna try to mess with me now and run my remotes. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that just means the astro goes on the outside. Yeah, the outside. Yeah, and the second, snare second goes on one. The yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You first yeah, turn yeah. snare face down, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. No, that's engine. that's interesting. I no, like I it. I like it a lot. I, I I do love like you were saying that the the the, the two naked agenda server can actually be played properly now, but whereas before you With do it when you're yeah. flooded and you'd have to bluff out a win, which 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 always resulted in amazing games when yeah. you actually won through an agenda flood, but now we have an ID that can kind of promote that kind of strategy. Yeah, actually play. encourage playing that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is fun. You just, you slap two of them on the table and you only have to worry about one of them and you just hope that they don't run the, the one that you like or the one that you're trying to get through. Right. And then, and then when the game's all done, you just stare at each other and you're like, good play, man. Holy yeah. cow, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's always the best. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, test this hypothesis. Um, if you do install um, any naked remotes regularly. Um, just do the do the two two and watch them run the outside one first. Interesting. It's really, it, it's a thing that happens. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and I don't know why. I'm trying to figure out like what the principle is or what people are afraid of. Maybe it is the fact that it stays there and isn't acted upon. The the runner disregards it. Uh, the inside one. But yeah, I don't know. Right. Hmm. That's cool. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of speaking of things that complicate whether or not someone's going to run on something. Yeah. <laughs> we also have a cool new operation. That's right. Casting Call. Jesse, what's Casting Call? Yeah, so Casting Call is a zero-cost operation condition. It's uh, to influence. Install an agenda from HQ face up and install Casting Call on that agenda as a hosted condition counter with the text, whenever the runner accesses this agenda, he or she takes two tags. And it's to influence. To influence, yes. So, totally splashable. Yep. Um, yeah, that's a. It kind of turns all your normal agendas into the Wayland esque public agendas. Right, yeah. Where it's all face up. Yeah. Except instead of it doing nice stuff for you, it just makes it extra shitty for the runner to go and steal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially if, like, a word bait is there. And like, right. You want I'm going to sc- I mean, to I'm gonna score it. Ah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Yeah. And then if they don't, you get points. It's kind of fun. And NBN is using the fact that it's public, that there's all these people involved in it. It's very, very popular right. as a defense, yeah. which, is, which is incredible. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I could see it. You know, I said I didn't like Explodapalooza, but I would like it hosted on that. Yeah. Ah, yeah, too. That, that's a swing, right? <laughs> yeah. Five creds yeah. for the corporation and then two, two tags, tags for the runner. 
Yeah. And it doesn't have, and unlike things like Mushin no Shin or whatever, this could totally go in a remote. Like, it doesn't say create a new remote and install the card. It's yeah. just like, you just put it down on the table. Put this in your safest remote. Yeah, <laughs> so you can always, like, it can already be, like, behind some double data raven garbage, so you're then you're just, like, in a land of infinite tags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Argus Security definitely loves this guy. Oh, yeah. Man, so what, take three tags or take two me damage and two tags? Yeah, two tags. <laughs> yeah. Wow. If you could even get in to grab it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, what, it's, man, what kind of movie is Argus making? I don't <laughs> <laughs> Like, wow. That's a good question. We're, we're holding a casting call yeah. in the desert outside of town. <laughs> Any cool hackers come by and try out for the movie. Exactly. Why is there just a big pit here? Don't worry about it. It's fine. Here are your lines. <laughs> we're looking for the half-shaved uh, sort of activist look. Everybody come along. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and of course, of course, you can see that is almost certainly Chaos, Chaos Theory in the art with her, with her dinosaurs in there. She's actually there, and there's people that are em- emulating her look, and stuff, yeah. which is great. Yeah, do you or, think they're making... Or, or maybe that is not actually Chaos Theory. That's just someone... Who is trying to appear like Chaos Theory? But no, I, to try I actually think that film. casting calls for Chaos Theory, and she's actually yeah. there, and the, the the other girls are emulating her. Maybe I, th- I think that's that was always the lore that I interpreted mid seasons to be is like, oh, guess what? Now the program is about you. Right. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Totally. And and so yeah, now there maybe I think I always in my little fanfic mind sort of believed that one of the ways that they would. Um, you know, wage war on the runners is by using their images in this way, um, and which which is what one of the things that I think that tags as a concept would would lend themselves to. So it, it would be funny if they're making a sort of like a chaos theory hacker deterrent movie, right. and she actually shows up to audition for it because that's how unafraid of them she is. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, good. That that would be pretty pretty bad badass of her to do. Yeah, but that's that's a that's a strong play for sure. Yeah. Um, so finally, the last new NBN card yeah. in this data pack is the old Hollywood grid, the eponymous Hollywood grid. And Nels, you used this in a recent deck of yours. I did. So it's uh, it was it was a bit drake. So tell us a little drake, bit about what. Fun. Tell us what old Hollywood grid does. So old Hollywood grid is an upgrade. It is a region. So like all the other regions, you can only ever have one region in a server. It is five to res, so it's expensive. It's almost sand sand territory, Mm -hmm. but it is four to trash, which is also almost sand sand territory. (laughs) It's two influence, which is why it's really easy and splashable to put somewhere else. But what it does is agendas accessed from this server cannot be stolen unless the runner already has a copy of that agenda in his or her score area. This in the score area, that means not hosted on the dang film critic. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I have actually have scored the bloody thing. And yeah. this applies even during the run on which the runner trashes all the Hollywood grid, much like Red Herrings, for example. Right. So this yeah. definitely fills a kind of similar niche mm. that Red Herrings does. It does it in a different way, obviously. Um, but yeah, the, the, the deck setup you mentioned was <laughs> yeah. a industrial genomics deck. Which is that uh, Genteki ID that makes the trash cost of all your cards increase one credit per one card face down in your archives. Right. And so I had two copies of this and then just one copy of each of my agendas. Right. They're, so they're no, all no doubles. So there are no doubles. So this, this <laughs> yeah. upgrade will always be usable. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. And it's just like, we'll just make trashing this cost like nine credits and then make it kind of expensive to get into that server and you can just score whatever you want. Yeah, forever. Yeah, try to have a deck with as few repeat uh, repeat agendas as possible. Exactly. And then um, uh, Jinteki, especially if you're not going for like a damage setup, you can do that pretty well. Like, it's kind of funny. I mean, obviously this was very deliberate, but it's kind of funny that like, the best NBN agendas are the ones that you want multiple copies of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that like, oh my, of course you want. Why would you have? Why would you ever have less than three Astro script pilot? Because programs? you only have one core set. Is the only reason. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you have. Oh, and then you only have two. Yep. Um, but yeah, as like an agenda protecting thing, it's quite cool, especially if you are building your agenda suite to make use of this. Yeah, I, I'm always impressed at the way that uh, FFG makes like new ways to play the same game. Yeah. Every every new expansion, it, it's 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 quite interesting. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty cool. I mean, granted, it's the kind of thing where it's like you definitely want to be able to kind of protect it a bit. Like the four trash cost alone is probably not enough to like dissuade someone sure. from grabbing it naked. And if your matchup is against Wizard, you're not gonna have the best time. Uh, correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it seems like if you build your agendas toward it. It could actually be kind of a cool setup, and only to influence. That's really not that bad. Like you have two copies of it, you'll see one and be able to use it. Really, it's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And and you can finally, I think this actually makes it possible. I have always been comfortable having a, a sort of low, like a lot of agendas that are not worth a lot because that because you know if you if you want to punish them for stealing, that's usually the best way for doing it. Right. But like with with something like this, you could actually have a higher agenda or lower agenda density with with higher. Uh, higher point values because you want fewer agendas and you could have like some of the big weird ones like yeah. I don't know all the fragments yep yeah, yeah. Or, like va vanity projects yeah, like, yeah vanity projects right and, one vanity project and they can't steal it yeah and and, and of course re-hitting this thing and not being able to steal is going to be firing those awesome explodapaloozas and those awesome uh, yes yeah of course that's true yes. award baits because they well. still access it yeah oh yeah. yeah yeah oh man that actually is pretty good oh, I like it yeah, I think it it plugs a big hole in, in how the decks have traditionally played as well, which yeah. I think that's sort of overall what I would say Harpsichord is trying to do is is uh, disrupt traditional NBN flow. Yeah, and just generally the way that runners approach, like, thinking about it, right? Where it's right. like, well, if I can get in, I know I can steal it. Yeah. In this case, you're mm. like, ah, Not ha, anymore. Surprise, <laughs> no. Especially not out of NBN, which is really weird, right? Yeah, because yeah. Deep Dig was what would just rip you apart. Yeah, like, exactly. sorry, I'm hitting your, uh, I, got, I got double mediums now, so see you later, NBN, or yeah. something. But now it's not really the case in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of, Lee, you just mentioned Vanity Project. Yeah. That's a new agenda. What is What does Vanity Project do? Uh, well, it is a neutral 6-4. Um, Which we have never seen before. This is, yeah. this is, aside from, I mean, that, aside from that's what it does. Takeover, yeah, yeah, that's, that's uh, a, yeah, aside from government takeover, this is the highest agenda point agenda in the game. That's why it costs one influence. Yes. To put it's, it yeah. it's, it's a neutral agenda, but it has the one point influence cost. And otherwise, aside from being worth a shitload of points, <laughs> it doesn't do anything. But, uh, so, so, Lee, you've been able to score through psychographics um, can you play Vanity Project well? Like, do you like the card? Uh, I, I've not tried it yet. Oh. Um, it's no, this actually scares me now. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's so I, big? I haven't implemented yet. Yes, it's so big. And, like, sometimes I could, you know, psychographics would be all for seven points or, or you know, for, I've done it before. Right. It's not reliable at all. Right, right. Um, so without, like, pinning this to old Hollywood grid or, or having a, some real way to... Uh, yeah, it would really frighten me. <laughs> That's entirely fair. Yeah, and it would change, you know, it would, you know, I don't think that I could have this, 
Like I would have to have this and say things like award bait and explode palooza in and then without my little breaking news and, and the other little things that I'm used to, it's it's just too big of a change for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Well as as we but, all know, scoring six is tough. Like they gave us mandatory upgrades. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't see a lot of play. It's great when it's scored, of course, but scoring six is very, very difficult in Netrunner. Yeah, it is it is tricky. Um but given that it's such a huge amount of points. It the investment is worth it. Yeah, kind sure. of. Yeah. Like, it gets... like what kind of server? What <laughs> server would you build that you would feel confident putting this in? Let's say you had one of them, and you were hosting it on old Hollywood Grid. What would you upgrade that server with to increase the, uh, to decrease the likelihood that it could be stolen to and increase the cost for the runner to continue accessing that card? Yeah, I mean, it feels like probably the best play is to put this down without any advancements on your first turn. Right. I mean, the turn yeah. you first install it because it like if you kind of tip your hand that it's advanced that you're yeah. advancing it, then you still have to sit on it for two more turns after that. Feels yeah. like yeah. that's kind of tricky. So if you can like put it down naked by itself, then you advance three times. So then they go, oh god, okay, that's a real thing. Now I got to go get it. Then it's kind yeah. you're still sort of basically in the position where you only had to keep the runner out for one turn, which is doable yeah. with yeah. you know crazy junk like toll booth garbage and then you splash in some other stuff and especially if the runner is kind of low in creds when you make the play it's not that crazy to get but it's definitely mm. there's a there's a big risk well is this like I, I suppose the casting call is meant for this card just, yeah. just only only if, if in nothing but flavor if in nothing but flavor sure because <laughs> if you put if you put let's say we put our only vanity project on our old Hollywood grid and we casting call it yeah. So, How? so that that that's not even that safe. <laughs> not really. <laughs> not really, right? Someone will go get you, it. I mean it would take you have you would need to have a lot of things in your hand at the same time, even if you if you were trying if you were using other tricks to advance it, like shipment from Sansan or something like that. Or right. you know, like yeah. Yeah. But uh, it would it would require having a lot of things happening at the same time that were under your control and that just generally scares me. Yeah. Or, or, or three punitive counter-strikes in your hand. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's I mean, that's basically, never... that's yeah. all I can see. Yeah. But that is definitely where this thing is delicious. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'd agree. With punitives, four points, that's that's a lot to turn around very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that one's interesting. Uh, deleted anything else in this data pack jump out at you for the uh, for the corporate cards? Uh, I don't think so. No, I mean, I think I think we're good. Um, Jesse, did anything else leap out at you? There's at least one more thing that I, did uh, that did jump out of me. I think it was is that back channels? Uh, no, although that is that is quite cool. I think back channels is a really neat card. You like back channels? What's, well, back, what's back channels? So back channels is a zero cost Wayland card. It's an t- operation. It's a transaction, and we know what that means. Core Wayland. Core Wayland, baby. One more credit one for more. it. <laughs> so we can uh, and it's trash a card installed in a server and gain three credits for each advancement token on that card. So failed traps, we can get a bit of a bounce back. You can make some crazy, super stupid over advanced server and get a ton of money back with yeah. this card. It's, That's good. It's, 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 I think it's, I like it because it's flexible because, of course, it's one influence as well. Yep, just one influence. So we can see it in a lot of places where, you know, sometimes you get all those great you get all those great award bait tokens on somewhere, but it's not really helping you out. So you can actually 
kind of recycle and, and yeah. re- reestablish. And I love the flavor. We got like the businessman meeting the, the, the gang member. Yeah. It's, it's it's a pretty cool We got drug. some stuff to sell, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I mean, granted, I, I, I sure do like the traps. Yep. Uh, but it is good because, I mean, it do, like well, it definitely gives you back money when you when you need it. And How much uh, influence is it? Just one. one. So we can see it. Because oh, that, that would be great, uh, like with Ghost Branch. <laughs> yeah. I'm always looking for excuses to run Ghost Branch. Exactly, right? Quin, Quinn's is always giving me the mathematical way it breaks down and how impractical it is but I'm like you know I just want you know I want traps for once and I like Ghost Branch yeah um, and, and Ghost Branch is one of the very few traps that cost no credits to trigger yep. so even exactly. if they're like oh I'm gonna siphon you and vamp you to nothing them are running all your stuff you're like you still get nine you more tags, tags. Also, and here's an Psychologically, here's another thing that might make it possible to push something like a vanity project through. If you're just piling tokens on the ghost branch, and if you monetize it, then they'll become suspicious of highly advanced cards. And if they hit it, then they might not run on... You know, they might be like, oh, she's just doing that. She's just advancing traps to get money. So then that's when you can sneak a, a high count agenda through because they, they'll they just be like oh I'm not doing that again yeah, yeah. that is definitely my favorite yeah. thing about back channels is like you can kind of keep advancing your traps yep. and they always have to wonder are they just slow rolling some some stupid thing yeah. are they just, are they just yeah. trying to build up money for a back channel it's like no it's just a cerebral overrider with five counters on it yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and even if even if you are just you have a moment to catch your breath uh, and there's nothing wrong with advanced advanced back channels yeah it's still a pretty yeah. huge play on a card that's already been uh, maybe they didn't go for the ghost branch or maybe they didn't hit your uh, June bug or something yeah exactly it's, You're right. That is awesome. I think I'm going to try that. Actually, yeah, it's actually pretty. It's it's pretty, and it's so cheap. It's really cool. It just, yep. it yeah, it messes kind of with the. The, 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 the runner's understanding of the way you're supposed to play your traps and yeah, all that kind and, of stuff. And, and talk about a bummer when the corp gets all that money back for the failed trap. Like, that shouldn't be <laughs> happening. That shouldn't be happening. Yeah. You're, you're supposed to just install over it, and I'm supposed to feel good about it. Yeah. But no. Yeah. Well, and the other yeah. nice thing is that it's uh, the card just gets trashed. It was face down. So probably we, I don't even know what it is. So yeah, so <laughs> you could tech if you're just desperate for money and you're also kind of flooded. Like obviously this card uh, synergizes beautifully with Mushin no Shin, right? Sure. Because with Mushin, you put something out, you put three advances on it, you can't res it or score it. But you can totally still sell it through back channel. Wow, so you can <laughs> actually motion into a back channel. Yeah, <laughs> so you can turn nine credits in, in three in like in three actions, which is not bad. But you're like, oh god, I'm sitting on so many agendas. I'll just put this out with motion, back channel it, goes in my archives, and then I just got a turn or two later, I can get rid of it. I can put it back in R&D with Jackson, and now I'm up nine <laughs> oh, credits. I'm totally putting. I'm to, I'm totally gonna put that in an NBN deck with Ghost Branch because that just turns my favorite trap into basically an econ card. For me, that is a lot of money. See, like, Lee, we just. Sold Leo Patches. Yeah, great, great. You, you did. I, 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 I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome, and I'm, and, uh, I'm uh, not even going to tell Quinn's about it, and he can see it when he sees it. Excellent. I'll, Excellent. I'll, I'll thank you guys. Ah, there you go. Um, so, but Nels, you had a card. There was. What uh, was it? Surprising no one, probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have an offer for you, and I, and I think it's an offer. <laughs> what if I want to refuse this? I offer? do not think you will have the choice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> actually, you can. I can. So the card is called an offer you can't refuse. Technically, you can refuse it, but at your peril. Uh, it's a Jinteki operation. Costs four credits to use. Three influence. So a little, little steep on the influence side. What you do is you choose a central server. The runner may initiate a run on that server during which he or she he or she cannot jack out. Otherwise, add an offer you can't refuse to your score area as an agenda worth one point. Hmm. Okay. So. I love what this does to the game. <laughs> first, first of all, the runner is running 
on your turn. Yeah, on the corporation's turn. On the corporation's turn. So the runner has no clicks. They don't have... They can still use paid abilities, of course, but they can't do any other prep shenanigans, take money off Katie, stim hack, whatever. (laughs) Right. So then you can make them run on your five advanced ghost brand. Uh, No, no, no. no, no, Central. Central Central server. Oh, a central server. Yeah. Okay. But you know what's cool? They don't have Bioroid clicks. Correct. So you, if you got some nasty Bioroid server that you know that they can't deal with with their icebreakers on the table, just force them to run into it, and then they can't click through, so it does all the nasty Bioroid crap. Um, you can, like, force them to run at the archives, which is full of shocks or explodapaloozas or whatever, whatever. You can, you know, you're sitting on those three snares, and the runner's just 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 abjectly refusing to run HQ, you're like, well, fine, you're going to do it anyway. You're right, yeah. So the other interesting thing is that if they're in a situation where you know you can get them tagged because of, say, a TGTBT in the archives, or you've got a Kitsune, you can feed them a snare or whatever, well, it's still your turn, and they're still tagged. Yeah. So you can do all that terrible tagged crap right away after you use an offer you can't refuse. And if they just... If they do indeed refuse that offer, we just say, well, I have four credits for one agenda point. Fine, just fine. I'll take that trade any day. Yeah. What a, what an interesting card. Like, it really yeah. turns a lot of things on their heads. When, yeah. I, when I first saw and it, the biggest thing was like, oh, no, the, all, their, all their stupid eye-on-my-runner-turn tricks just doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, the, the important, like, mechanical thing to, to, to bear in mind with this is that it does reverse the uh, order of resolution for any effects. Because it's your turn. It's like, exactly. So yeah. the way most most stuff works is like, it's the player, whoever's turn it is, all their abilities go first. So if the runner's done that stupid thing <laughs> where they put a Femme Fatale token on your Koma Inu, when they're running with an offer you can't refuse, that thing still gets all of its subroutines, and then the runner can choose to bypass it or break it, which in this case will cost exactly the same amount. Yeah. So that's the that's the little like tricky thing to keep in mind with There's, actually resolving this is that all the corporation stuff happens first now. I can already hear people screaming judge in tournaments. Oh, yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, was there any other corpse, corpse, side? corpse side stuff? We did. I, I think we, we should mention another card that can do something from the core set that hasn't been revisited, and that is a new piece of ice called Enforcer 1.0. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> so Enforcer 1.0 is a one-cost uh, sentry from out of HB with five strength. It's a sentry destroyer, and, and it has the same cost as uh, Archer did, which is at a, as an additional cost to res enforcer, the court must forfeit an agenda. Which is why, otherwise, it's only one credit to res. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The runner, so, of course, it's a bioroid, so we can still spend enough time, spend enough clicks, and break through it. It's trash a program, do one brain damage, trash one console, trash all virtual resources. So four subs, uh, mean piece. But, again, like, we need to forfeit agendas, and we all know that that's always... Always a crazy cost. So, yeah, but we, and unlike Archer, this guy doesn't end the run. That's right. Yeah, so you're still getting through. Yeah, so, but, but but again, like it looks like we're they're slowly. It looks like FFG really thinks about making ice with that cost before releasing it. Yeah, because we have not seen any since Archer, and we yeah. thought that was like a Whalen thing. That, right. Yeah, because yeah, they also got their one asset, Corporate Town, which also has sacrificing an agenda as part of its res cost. Yeah. So it's interesting that now one other faction gets, like, their big, mean, <laughs> sacrifice yeah. an agenda piece of ice. Um, obviously, that thing doesn't end the run, unlike Archer, but it could com- obviously completely turn the game around yep. if res at the right time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's only one credit means you might be able to kind of lure the runner into a false sense of security. Yeah, like, they got one credit. They got one credit. What are they going to res? And, they, and they've scored two domestic sleepers. Yeah, what? <laughs> whatever. And you're like, oh, ho, ho. oh, wait, you, oh, you. I'm going to talk to my friend, the Terminator. He kind of looks like a Terminator. Yeah, he does look like a Terminator. 
Yeah. Definitely does. Um. So that's like definitely corpse. Corpse. Yeah, side. it's all the corpse side. Good. Good corpse stuff. Yeah. What about over on the runner side? So, Lee, are you familiar with, with with have you put a lot? Have you given a lot of these cards a try on the runner side? Out of uh... no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I guess as you talk about them, it'll become clear how many of them I have seen and how many of them I have not. Um, I'm particularly behind in the world of runners right now, but um, I'm sure I know some of them. Oh, great. Well, I mean, <laughs> Just, we... Like I said, we, we've we've gotten a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of new cards at the same time, yes. and I am not sure which ones are from what. You guys are just hanging out in the land of sentient viruses <laughs> and autonomous bioroids and all kinds of crap. We're just back here hanging out with some lady in a beret. Yep. But we should probably talk about what has been the most uh, discussed yes. runner card in this data pack for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would be... The film critic. The film critic. So it's, it's funny that I'm a critic for a living because I really hate this comic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I'm really I'm, worried about I it. I know lots of people who are critics, and I, I, I'm, I enjoy them uh, all very much as people, <laughs> but I also do not care for their, uh, their cardboard counterparts. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's uh, it really, uh, especially for me, who has historically very much enjoyed. Um, I felt pretty invincible being like, all right, I have, I always have an answer for if the runner steals something from me, the agenda will always answer it for me, or I will have a way of responding. And this just messes that completely. Sure does. Jesse, what is, what is the film critic? (laughs) All right. Film critic is a one cost shaper resource connection. One influence film critic can host a single agenda. Whenever you access an agenda, you may host that agenda on film critic brackets. The agenda is no longer being accessed and is uninstalled which is the most important thing on this card. Correct. And uh, once it's hosted on this film critic, you spend two clicks, add add an agenda hosted on film critic to your score area. My gerbil could write a better screenplay. (laughs) That's not, I mean, that's not good criticism. She could at least say something like a little more illustrative or florid. She's not even good at her job. Or like, what if she's got a really smart gerbil? I know. <laughs> hey, this is like I mean, this is crazy. Yeah, that could be some like yeah, this cyber some cyber gerbil. I have a script writing gerbil, and he's amazing. And like, <laughs> it's actually that's part something of a, that could exist in this in this. Universe. Yeah, it's actually part of like a hive mind gerbil collective, <laughs> where it's a distributed neural network of gerbils. we've linked one thousand gerbils together. And exactly, they can, yeah. and they put they out Shakespeare. <laughs> Maybe gerbil is an acronym for some, but she just needs to know that when you're doing criticism, you actually have to you know talk about what isn't isn't working and and why. And you can't just give a comment like that because that makes you a bad critic. And she's a bad critic, and I don't like her. And, and, you, and, 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 and you guys, you hate the card, and you don't like him. It's pretty good. But yeah, um, obviously, the, the the big thing that this does is in all ruin everything and ruin all my fun. Yeah, basically, uh, film critic, aka fun killer crusher. Yeah, um, that using film critic to quote unquote steal your agendas means that the runner has never actually stolen them. Which means I'm not I'm not side-gaming my Future exactly. Perfect. So it turns off side-game on Future Perfect. It turns off punitive counter-strike, mid-season replacements. All those on-access effects don't fire. You, you just take an APD contract and you just place it on this. You don't have to pay the four credits. Yep. It really... Um, and it's sitting there. Monkey wrench is a lot of stuff. And it's sitting there at the I belong in every deck influence of one. I have one. So yeah, this will just show up all over the place. I guarantee. Now here's a question that I have, and maybe this is this must have been asked. But what happens when my opponent piles all of my wonderful agendas on their film? Critic no, no, no. And then I 
Sorry, I'm going to stop right there. We can only host one. Yes. Per oh, film one. Critic. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. But they can have many of them. Oh, Correct. Yes, so film can. critic is not unique. So you could have yourself a, a legion of film <laughs> critics. But each film... But what happens to the agenda if the film critic is destroyed? Oh, it goes into the corporation's archives. Archive, archives, yeah. Kind of like, oh, really? like when a piece of ice is trashed through Parasite. The Parasite doesn't have anywhere to live anymore, so it goes to the runner's heap. Okay. Same thing with this, where <laughs> if the film critic is trashed, the agenda goes back to its original owner's discard. Yeah, area. And Lee, you're used to trashing resources all the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. See, so are you, I mean, are you, are you liking the card a little bit more? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's still though. I don't like to have to protect my archives. I like to just be ready to Jackson things, and I already, you know, I already end up needing to throw a lot of agendas in there. Um, so it's annoying. It still takes away an element of my control over my archives. Yeah, it's right. Um, it is. Yeah. It is a powerhouse yeah. for sure. It means you gotta. If you're really, if you kind of, if your game plan as a corporation really did rely more on, you know, those comeback type agendas or synergistic yeah. operations like punitive when or mid Yeah, when I see it hit the table, I just have to make sure I stick a tag and destroy it before it can yeah. be used. Or yeah. you also got to say, maybe pack a copy or two of Snatch and Grab, yep. which mm-hmm. lets you either give the runner a tag or trash one of their connections, which of course this are, is. Are some goons just kidnapping her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they didn't like her review of Explode Palooza, and she was disappeared. Yeah, yeah. I'll show her who gerbils can write a script, and they yeah. just like break in. Yeah, but the film critic is definitely one of those cards that shakes things up a lot. Yeah, the lands the landscape of Netrunner definitely felt this uh, this yeah. th- this card being printed. Yeah, for sure. Um, but not to not to let her and her goofy bray dominate the entire conversation. <laughs> right. Was there other runner stuff that jumped out in here at you, Jesse? My my favorite card yes. in this one is uh, a new resource out of Old Hollywood, card number 87. Of course, I'm talking about Paparazzi. Ah, yes. Paparazzi. Not the Lady Gaga song. No, no, no. Surprisingly, no. <laughs> so, Nels, tell us what Paparazzi does. Paparazzi is very simple. Okay. Paparazzi is a zero-cost resource, neutral, so anybody can play it, no influence. Uh, what it does is, when Paparazzi <laughs> is installed... You are tagged, but also all meat damage is prevented. Yeah. So everybody knows what you are, where you are, but because everybody knows where you are, everybody's there. They can't just take you out. No, there's too many people to reform. There's too many people there. So the important thing to note is paparazzi does not give you a tag. It just, for all intents and purposes, makes you tagged. Right. Which means. That if someone's like, oh, they're tagged, well, all I gotta do is blow up paparazzi and then I can use Scorch on them. But as soon as this is trashed, unless the runner has You're been. You're no a- longer tagged unless you. Exactly. Unless, right. unless, unless you've you, done. Big Brother, that card, Big Brother, is gonna come back into fashion. <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally, because Big totally. Brother doesn't require, like, oh, double the run. It's just like if the runner is tagged through whatever means, including paparazzi, yep. oh, give them more actual real tags. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you like this, Jesse? Well, I think I know why you like this. You think I do, and it's an it's an Anarch card. Yeah. And the reason <laughs> is one of my first, my, one of my favorite things at the very beginning when I got really got into Netrunner was uh, Data Leak Reversal. Yeah. Because as long as you are tagged, and usually you have to do some kind of fuzzy, like, vamp, vamp them to give yourself a tag, but this, you're just tagged and yep. just yanking 
all their like just milling off all their cards. Yeah, which is a uh, yeah pretty cool. Yeah. So then the Corbett at least has to spend a click and two credits to get rid of this. But if you're pulling some shenanigans with Fall Guy to keep yep. this thing alive, then they, oh, they have to spend more money. And the whole time you're just like mill cards, mill more cards, and, and make again, them all go away. And again, I love it. I love the balance that these evil corporations need to do. It's like, well, we can't just nuke them. There's all these people around. Yeah, like, someone's like, watching. Someone's watching. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think the card just fits so perfectly, and it's like lean, like the the the, the writing. It's like barely a sentence. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's just so it's yeah, just so it, cool. It's two like three word clauses, and that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very cool. Um, also, I had I had uh, a thing in here that I quite enjoy. Uh, another the other shaper resource, right. Fansite. Yes, Fansite. So this yeah. is another one influence zero install uh, resource. It's also a virtual resource. So. What this yeah, does. I need you to explain this to me. Yeah, so by itself, it, it's garbage. <laughs> With some friends, it's really good. Uh, so whenever the corporation scores an agenda, add fansite to your score area as an agenda worth zero agenda points. Cool. So by itself, it doesn't really do much. That does nothing, Nels. Oh, yeah. but it can, be, it can be forfeited without affecting exactly. your score. Exactly. Can, okay. can this card be turntabled, Nels? No, because remember, turntable is when you steal an agenda, you can swap the one you stole with one the corporation already has. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, you can pull something where if you're like, you just keep trying to keep swapping them, but it's not it's, really it's not used for that. Yeah, it's not no. used for that. What it is used for <laughs> is hanging out with our friends Data Dealer yep. and Frame Job. Yes. And both of those let you do all kinds of good stuff if you're willing to get rid of your agendas. But normally you're like, I'm giving up my points, that sucks. Typically runners don't want to, because runners can't blow up the corporation. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. But when with this, oh man, oh man. We got some juicy data dealer. Exactly. Nine credits. Uh, with click. data dealer. Yeah. So where, where this loves to hang out with is also with Logos. Right? All right. So you got Logos installed. You have this installed. The, the runner, the corporation scores intended. You're like, cool, I'm going to go grab whatever card I happen to desire with Logos. <laughs> uh, perhaps a frame job or a data dealer. I will add this to my score area. Oh, look, that's a frame job. Okay, well, I'll, I'll get a bad point of bad publicity. Oh, now it's time to start blackmailing. <laughs> so it lets you do some stuff that you could like. You could kind of sort of build a deck around using data, de- data dealer or frame job a bit. Sure. Um, but with this, especially, it becomes a lot. It's it just even more goodness to, to keep using with that. And if we have a couple fan sites down on the table. They all go at once. They all go at once. Yeah. Which so is, I think. Then, oh, sorry. Uh, can it also be a liability, too? Like, does it count with Philotic or. It does. Yep. <laughs> what's that? What is the Wayland asset that reduces what the agenda points that they have are the worth? Board? The board. Oh, my yeah. God. I think the board might turn. No, because it, it just makes them worth Nick. I don't actually Zero. know. I don't know. Every, every agenda becomes worth negative one. Okay, wait, wait. I'm pretty sure. Lee's going to flip through those Ultra Pro binders. Oh, I've got it. Each agenda in the runner score area is worth one fewer agenda yeah. points. So is that negative? Does it become they can negative, go negative one? And, they, and hypothetically they can because Shiq is, 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 is a negative agenda. So yeah, I guess wow. the, vo- <laughs> the board with makes your fan sites actually count against you. Which is wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. But that just means you got to sell them a data dealer even faster yes. now. Yes. Yeah, that seems like a weird case uh, or like an edge case. Yeah. But. but yeah, I think especially like an Ian Sterling setup with Logos where you're just kind of laying back, getting prepared, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> out of nowhere, you have like 18 more credits than you did before, and you just go to town. Right, yeah. I think it could be really cool. Um, it's, it's more than it's interesting that it's like, this is the thing, I'm going to put in every deck now. <laughs> yeah. It's more just like, ah, this is kind of cool, and it lets you do some stuff you couldn't do before. The one interesting thing is that both, you know, Data Dealer and Frame Job are, that's 
to the the criminal and anarch version of like sacrifice an agenda to do a huge thing. Right. But shapers don't have one of those yet. I know. But they do have fan sight. Which so now is, which is begging for a card. Yeah. Like that. So it's like, and there, as far as I'm aware, there isn't one of these. Oh, there definitely isn't one of these in Data and Destiny. So it's like sometime maybe in the Mumbad cycle, is there going to be that shaper card? Maybe a program yeah. that to install it, you have to like oh, sacrifice so, an agenda or something. So that huge. would be awesome. Yeah. Um. So I kind of I kind of get a there's a there's perhaps a faint hint on the wind. Yeah. One of those is going to show up eventually and make fanside even crazier. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's a neat card. But, uh, did anything else in here jump out at you, buddy? I actually did. Or Lee? You? Yeah, Lee. Um, not in particular. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at them now. They all seem pretty pretty good. Oh, I, you know, I like Trope. Yes. Trope. Um, trope so yeah. what does is, what is, uh, Trope do? Mm. It's, so you, it's a program that costs one credit to install and it takes one memory. And when you install it... Um, for every time your turn starts, you put a power counter on it, and then to click when you click and bin it, you can shuffle that many cards from your heap back into your hand, um, which is awesome. And that's because, an anarch program. Yeah, it's an anarch program, and like I, I just basically, I, I stopped playing like Max because it's so stressful to try to get things back that you threw away. Right. <laughs> um, and and this sort of rather th- this sort of makes you know deja vu is so not fun and you don't like to have to use it and uh, especially when you're not a virus anarch right um and so this sort of makes it a lot easier to return like your knight that gets trashed or you know as it does and yes, <laughs> like, as it does yeah th- things that things that commonly get trashed your parasites you know so it i think it's a a, a really good new form of recursion for a faction that really needs it. Yeah, that's cool. So like and drip it, recursion. Yeah, kind of, yes. sort of. And um, it's not, it's just one card per power counter, so if you had, say, three counters on there, you could grab all three of your whatevers, or you could grab one of each, or... And it doesn't sound like there's any limit on it. It can just sit there accumulating unless yeah. the corp clear, clears counters. No, or don't, these aren't virus counters. Oh, no, they're, oh, they're power counters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Just um, kinda, I guess the corporation really hopes yeah. to trash this or shut it down with power shutdowns. Otherwise, it's just going to keep do being there being annoying getting better yeah and that's that's it's interesting on two levels because not only is it really useful for you but um yeah if the corporation as the corporation you just watch that and feel very unpleasant that any any uh program or icebreaker you destroy is not gone forever right yeah and and maybe in terms of like cleverness probably the most clever art in the entire pack (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where it's it's like the, you know these reoccurring themes these tropes and then you just have this these four panels of like you know old school Bela Lugosi vampire and then what's very clearly like your Whedon Buffy vampire and then you got your Twilight Twilight vampire and then now we're crazy blade future cyberpunk vampire oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's very looking very cool. at the art up close for the first time yeah, yeah it's, 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 you're like oh my god that's actually so clever yeah I wonder if that was in the spec or if like, who's the artist? Um, uh, I don't know if it actually says. Uh, oh, Rieko oh, uh, Murakami. Yep. Uh, so I wonder if in the spec they specifically said, all right, draw four different vampires over the areas, or if they just said, yeah. come up with a couple different visual treatments Trophy, yeah, for yeah. whatever this reoccurring thing could be, and if that's what Rieko came up with. Yeah, because it's, it's yeah. great. I, the the, 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 the com- composition is really good. They're all over the shoulder. It's just perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, do you think that this can uh, make anarchs no longer have to splash levy? Yeah, maybe. I, I, I think. I think you're. Yeah, you're really rolling the dice if you're playing Max. Because I really stress out. About, yeah, with Max, I stress out anyway. But that's a lot of infi- levy. I think I'm always stressed out about the. Infi- yeah, I know. Like with Max, I think just because you're guaranteed to burn through your entire deck, it's kind of dicey. Yeah. But plenty of other people yeah. will run like 
Wizard or yep. Edward Kim with Levy, and you can probably... Oh, even for Reyna, because yeah. like, all of my Kaisis get thrown away. Right, no. so maybe with this, like, if you're, if you're not in the situation where I know I'm going to set my entire deck on fire and want to do that twice, then maybe yeah. this does kind of give you the recursive tools you need. Yeah, you just gotta make sure you yeah. get you got, got some memory to take the hit. Yes. No, for, right, for, right. for the duration. Yeah. yeah. Cool. One, 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 one card I wanted to mention, because yeah. I love cards like this, because Criminal always gets cards like this, is uh, Rolodex. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This one is... It's interesting. So so Rolodex reminds me of cards like uh, Trimoff con- uh, Contact. Card- okay. Cards that are really cool, but if they tra- if they get trashed, you're going to have a bad time. Ah, sure. So Rolodex is a one influence... I once won, I won a game in a tournament with a Trimoff. Uh, that was fun. <laughs> by, by, by killing their Trimoff? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good, good. I, I basically, I scored a breaking news, and I nuked the Trimath, and then I think that was it. Oh, nice. That's all it took at that time. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> well done. Yeah, so Rolodex is another one of these uh, virtual resources. It's one influence from Criminal. When you install Rolodex, look at the top five cards of your stack and arrange them in any order. When Rolodex is trashed, trash the top three cards of your stack. Flavor, I told you to lose my number. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just one influence. And it's just one influence. Yeah, so it's kind of like the weird runner version of Precognition. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I mean, the fact that the runner isn't automatically drawing cards kind of both makes this more and less valuable depending sure, on in, sure. the, in the deck setup you have. Like, if you're in this situation where you're just like, I just need to find my one card, right? Yeah. And the fact that this effectively lets you draw five cards without actually needing to get rid of any of them, like, you know, you could be like, okay, well, if you need to draw a bunch of cards, just use quality time. It's like, yeah, but if you don't really have the means to keep holding on to those cards and use them, well, if you, like, draw five, then you got to throw a bunch of them away, and you're like, but those those are good cards I wanted to use later. Yeah. That this lets you be, like, way more pinpointed about it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And, and, and also the idea of, like, the corporation got a hold of your Rolodex. Yes. And so it, that's that's a problem for you. So yeah. so we're losing connections <laughs> and resources by trashing cards off of our yeah. stack, which is which is always cool. Which is also very cool. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, finally, there was one more thing that did jump out at me. Oh, okay. The, the last, the other, the second criminal card in there. Yeah. The drug dealer. Right. So Yeah, Quinns loves this one. I would believe it. <laughs> yeah. um, it is a one cost, one influence resource. One of the interesting things about a lot of stuff in this pack was a ton of it was all one or two influence. Dirt cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is really cool. We're getting it everywhere. Um, so yeah, the drug dealer, a, yeah, uh, a connection resource, one credit to install, and then when your turn begins, you lose one credit. So when the runner's turn begins, they lose a credit. As a completely separate, unrelated sentence, when the corporation's turn begins, draw one card. So, those two effects are completely unrelated. Right. If you're broke on the corporation's turn, you still get to draw a card. Um, this makes you a little bit harder to flatline. Sure. Right? Because you, you're going to probably end up Another starting card. with six cards instead of five. Yep. Um, at the start of the corporation's turn. And you just, you just get card draw from... Almost no money? Like, s- yeah. setting yourself up, putting yourself in a position where you can reliably just get one credit through an Underworld Contacts or a, you know, the, the, the data folding sure. or whatever else is really not very hard. But getting your, putting yourself in a situation where without spending any clicks, you're always going to get a card, much harder. Yes, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Especially not on your turn, right? Because... When the, so you you still have these six cards at the start of the corporation's turn. You begin your turn with a lot of with cards. six cards yeah. without having to spend any of your clicks already. 
Um, so yeah, it just can reliably just keep barfing cards up into your hand. And if you're trying to do stuff with like Faust, where you just want a bunch of cards, right? Or if you got a levy, so you don't mind burning through your whole deck because you're gonna go go at it again. And money isn't really your concern. Drug dealer could be super cool, mm. and it's got all its nice synergies with installing it on off-campus apartment or you know calling in favors or whatever else. Yeah, right? it is a connection for sure. Yep. I thought it was a CD card, but I guess that's not. I guess the drug dealers aren't that CD in, in, the, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the dark cyberpunk future. Yeah, it's like, yeah he's a bo- he's a boutique operator. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's right. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, mom, I met at this great guy. He's a drug dealer. It's like, oh, that's nice. Oh, honey, that's wonderful. <laughs> you, have, you have some economic security. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's almost certainly true. Um, cool. Well, I think that's about it for. Good old Hollywood. Yeah, what a great pack. Yeah, really, really, yeah, really, really, really great. Really this up. was definitely. I mean, some of the other packs had lots of really cool, interesting stuff in it that kind of got the gears turning. This is definitely one where it's like, when it hit, <laughs> everybody felt it. That's right. Everybody. Yeah. Felt it's it. so much fun how low cost um, everything is, influence and cost wise. Yes. Because it suddenly, you know, you you almost you feel like a lot of new things are possible. Whereas usually when I get a new data pack, I'm like, oh, what tough decisions am I going to make? You know, like. This kind of is like, oh, cool. Let me think of all the ideas that I can do, which is not always my reaction to new cards coming. Yeah, exactly. That's part of the reason why I think this data pack is really cool and exciting. Because not only does it give tons of cool stuff for NBN, this new ID, now Film Critic shows up, but it it makes a lot of interesting things interesting for almost every single faction in the game, which is (laughs) really, really cool. Um, okay, well, we... And then everyone can get to use it. It's never like, oh, this one thing happened that I now have to be afraid of. You could implement it yourself. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, that is, uh, that is, it's, it's just lots of good stuff. Um, unfortunately, yeah. we got to wrap things up, but Lee, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. Your... Oh, thanks so much for inviting me. I always have so much fun. Your, your insights as, as the resident NBN expert <laughs> were certainly appreciated. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, Hooray. when I met, when I met the crew outside of, uh, the Korean barbecue at PAX, the, the FFG crew, Jaffer and them. Yeah. I mentioned that we were going to bring you on for this one. They're like, oh, of course, because like she's the NBN girl. Like, yeah. she's, she she she's the one that loves NBN that that much. That, that just makes so much sense. Yeah, I didn't even say anything. I said we're going to be bringing you on. So. Yeah, um, yeah, that's wonderful. Even though we kind of kept our hands off of it for now, I think perhaps once we do roll around to Data Destiny or maybe right afterward, having a big where does NBN sit now mm. conversation. Oh, I can't wait. Yep. Yeah, I mean, with you, that, Lee, I mean, would I'm, be fantastic. Because yeah. I think you will uh, yeah. have lots of insights <laughs> that neither Jesse nor I possess. I can't even spell the faction. Like, yeah. really. There's... It has changed my life, and I haven't even gotten to try everything that I want to try <laughs> in it yet. It's been awesome. So good. <laughs> okay, um, well, as always, folks, if you have any questions, thoughts, feedback for us, whatever, it's Terminal7 at idlethumbs.net's the email address, or at Term7 on Twitter. Um, just due to various recording complications, we had to also engineer this one ourselves. Yeah. So if it sounds bad, remember that's not our cool friend's fault. That is just entirely me and Jesse. <laughs> yeah. so, so don't come to us for any of your audio needs. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, but when we're back in the studio with the good folks, they will, they will return to making things sound nice. Yes. <laughs> Um, and of course, finally, thank you very much to Mr. Ed Harrison for letting us use his song, Tin Soldiers, from the Neo Tokyo OST as our intro and outro music. If you don't have that yet, it seems like the kind of thing that would play in old Hollywood, perhaps at some big premiere of the yeah. new hot Sensi. And so if you want to <laughs> allow yourself to live inside that imaginary future... You should check that out at Ed Harrison. What do you mean imaginary? That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's real. Our, our completely real, absolutely correct. If you want to live in the now, edharrison.bandcamp.com. 
as as has always been the case in the past, we'll just we 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 just we just meander and jaunt and frolic. So wherever we end up, 